Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Let me just pray. Um, Father God, we just want to hear from you today as we think through perseverance and faith. And so we need you to speak to each and every one of us. Speak to me, Lord. Speak to everyone listening. Um, Father, would we, would we hear your voice today and would that change our lives going forward? In your name we pray. Amen. So um, today we're going to speak about perseverance in faith. And so if you have your Bibles, if you want to open them on James chapter 5 verses 7 to 12 is what we'll read but if you want to open it now and we'll read through it later but as I was thinking about perseverance and faith it's just looking at the word perseverance what does that mean and so as most of us would do I googled it and so on google it says it's persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. And that's quite tricky, isn't it? Uh, because we can order today and receive it tomorrow. So why would I wait through something? Um, and how do you wait through something when it's difficult? How do you wait through something when you put on so much effort, but you don't actually see any success? And so for me, perseverance is quite hard when you don't have a goal at all. Like, what are you trying to persevere towards? But even for this lockdown, I set myself a goal of trying to stretch so I can do the splits. And it was meant to be 30 days and I did around 28 and then I had a bad day and then I just quit. I was like, what's the point? What's the purpose of me trying to do this? So I had a goal, but it didn't really have a purpose. So that made perseverance for me quite hard. So what are goals that we can persevere for that give us purpose? So we'll explore how we can persevere, especially in terms of faith today. Here's a little bit of advertisement, but I don't know if you guys have ever done the course Keys to Freedom with Mercy Ministries. It's an incredible book about discipleship. You can do it alone or with a group, uh, but towards the end, they go through some seeds and you probably can't read this, but that's okay. Seeds of passion, seeds of anger and seeds of dreams. And these are goals that we might have in life. Thinking through what are the things that I'm passionate about? What are the things that I get angry about when I see injustice? And what are the God given dreams that I have? And for some of us that might be hard. It's like, oh, I don't have a God given dream. What am I passionate about? And maybe the challenge for us today is to look at what are the things that we keep coming back to? Um, and I think anger is a, is a helpful advice. We, oh, I would assume, and maybe wrongly so, but all of us get angry at something. So what are the things that we get angry about? That is an indication of our passion often. Not angry in terms of bad anger, but angry in terms of, oh, that system isn't right. I wish it would do this so it could help more people. That sort of anger. 
And so I think now would be a good uh, time to read that passage, wouldn't it? Otherwise the sermon would be done. Um, so let's read James chapter five, verses seven to 12. Be patient then brothers and sisters until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who've persevered. You've heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no, otherwise you will be condemned. And Abby had framed that passage last week. The book of James is a, is a book of advice helping us to live out faith. And last week we spoke about giving or generosity and finances. And this week we'll speak about perseverance and what that means. And so if you can, if you have Bibles and have that passage, if you just want to leave it open, I'll jump a bit back and forwards, but forwards, but I hope that makes sense. Um, so let's look at verse seven, the second part. It says, see how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. So if we think about farming, the, the farmer hasn't just bought a land or has some land and then waits for rain. There's actually a whole part that we, we sometimes miss. It's the part of looking at the seeds that he has, what seeds, um, yeah, looking at the seeds that he has, and then what is the ground that those seeds need? And is the ground that I have ready for it? So he might have to dig up the ground, and he might have to remove some weeds. Sometimes the farmer has to let the land rest for a whole year just so it's fertile. So that then when he scatters his seeds, they will grow. They will grow as the autumn and spring rains come that he has no control over, but he has control over the first bit. He has control over the sowing. He has control over the planting of the land. And so if we think about our desires, our goals, our passions, um, and they should be in line with, with what God has for us, but if, if we think about those and think of the land, what are the things that we can do um, to prepare the land? What can, we, what can we do in our waiting? And so I heard a story when I was 19 about a man who had incidentally stayed at this couple's house and so every morning he would wake up and start a conversation with the couple. And then I think in my memory, the husband replied, oh, that reminds me of a story in the Bible here and there. And the next morning, the man would bring up another topic like birds or trees or whatever he could think of. And then the husband would reply, oh, that reminds me of a story in the Bible um, where God does this and that. And so that happened a couple of days in a row. And then the man asked the husband, have you memorized the Bible? Like, why do you have a story of the Bible to every topic I bring up? And so then again, in my memory, the, 
the wife replies, not sure why, but she says, well, he's been reading his Bible two or three years every year for the last 45 years. And I'm not saying that we have to read the Bible two or three times a year, but this man had put in day-to-day -day faithfulness. And at the end of 45 years, the, he was just overflowing with words of the Bible. And I remember thinking, I want to be like that. And sometimes, you know, I'm good at this and I'm like, okay, let's read my Bible every day. Even if it's just a verse, what, what is God saying to me in this? And how can I learn more of who God is? And some days I don't, and that's okay. But if I have this long-term goal of wanting to breathe out, speak out scripture from memory, I have to prepare the ground, so to say, so that the seed can grow. And then if we look at verse 10 of the passage, brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. And 11, you've heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. As I've been reflecting over this passage, um, and especially that part, I was like, what did the prophets and Job have in common? And I think what they had in common is that they knew who God was and they knew their identity in God. So I don't know if you know what prophets do and what Job's story was, but just to summarize, prophets, as it says there, would, um, would speak the name of the Lord. So they would hear from God and then say to the people what they've heard from God. But often that would meet resistance. People wouldn't believe them. They would be ridiculed. It wasn't an easy job to be a prophet. And yet those prophets kept proclaiming the word of God despite the circumstances. And Job was a man who had everything, a great job, great family, riches. People would come for advice to him. And then he lost everything. He lost his job. He lost his children. He lost his reputation. He became sick. He was still clinging on to God. Even his wife said to him, why do you not just reject God and give up on him? What has he done for you? And Job was like, no, I know who God is. And I don't understand what's going on. And it's really hard. But I know who God is. The hard thing when we place our identity in things around us, even if we place our identity in the goals and desires that we have, if we place it in a job, if we place it in another person, as soon as those things change, our identity changes. And we're unsure who we are because we're placing our identity in changing things. But if we place our identity in God who doesn't change, that changes everything. The prophets and Job place their identity in God. So no matter what the circumstances, no matter if people said, you can't do that, you'll never finish that. God is never going to do that. And this is hard, but you can say, I know who God is. And that's what we sang about, isn't it? I know who I am because we know who God is and who's called us to be. And maybe you don't know who God is. So I'd encourage you to find out more about God. And if you want to Google, use my great method of finding out things. And um, if you type in identity in Christ, it brings up different Bible verses that speak about who we are in Christ. If we know who God is and who we are in him, we can stand firm. 
And also it means that we don't have to grumble against others. We don't have to swear because even if people ridicule us or are mean, that doesn't change who we are. Because God tells us who we are and that isn't changing. And so for me, um, through this Mercy Keys to Freedom book, I've been working through some of the things I've been believing about myself. I would often believe that, you know, God has given me these dreams and goals and passions. I want to see people thrive. I want to invest in people. And I want to share who God is. And, and often I, these lies come in of, you're not going to be good enough. You can't do that. And so I've started to, to realizing that those are the lies I'm believing about myself. And once you recognize them, then there's something you can do about it. You can find scripture and replace it. So um, the way in which our brains are wired, you know, the, our lies probably have the shortest way. So they come up and it's going to be a hard process of exchanging it. So whenever we want to replace them with truth, it's going to be a lot of work at the beginning trying to recognize, oh, that's a lie. What is the truth? But the more often we do that, the easier it will get and the quicker will be to recognize it and say, no, that's, that's not you speaking God. That's the enemy. And so another part that I had to learn in the, the verse that I keep coming back to, God will bring to completion what he has started. He isn't a mean God. And again, it's for me, it's learning about who God is. He isn't going to say, hey, Anna, I'm going to give you this dream and I'm going to start to make things happen. And then I'm just going to use someone else. God will bring to completion what he started in me. And it might look very different to what I expect, but I can trust that he is in control and he will bring those things to completion because that's what he said and he hasn't changed. So if I place my identity in him, even when I didn't get the job, that's in line with my goal, when things don't go to my plan, when I think I failed, God is still at work and that doesn't change. My failures are God's opportunities, not just to speak to me, but to people around me. God does not fail. I know my God and I know that he has a plan for each and every one of us. And sometimes because of the circumstances, we feel like God can't use us because of the past, God can't use us. But that is not his truth. We can trust that he has a plan for our lives. We can trust that he loves us like crazy and that he's at work even if we can't see it. And so for me, persevering in terms of faith is realizing who God is and who I am in him. And then looking at the dreams and the passions and the anger God has placed inside of me in terms of where I want to see change, what I want to see happen, and trying to live that out one day at a time. When I fall, I'll get back up. So let's encourage one another. Let's cheer one another on. Let's get alongside one another so that we can persevere in the face of suffering, so that we can persevere when it gets hard, so that we can celebrate when we see God break through and he will break through. It might look different, but he will. 
So here are the things I would love for you to do or invite you to do. Um, find out more about who God is, his faithfulness, his goodness, his incredible love for you. To me, the Bible is a love letter of God to us. And it might not seem that way the first time you read it, but as you dig into it, so much of the Old Testament is pointing towards Jesus, who Jesus is, what he's done for us. So find out more about God. And then what are the lies that you believe about yourself? And what does God say about you? Then what are the dreams God has given you? And lastly, what does that mean in terms of your waiting today? What are the small things that you can do that will bring you almost or prepare the ground for the seeds to be planted, for the seeds to be watered by God? The good thing is the result isn't up to us. Sometimes we carry the weight of wanting to see results, but that is up to God. We are just called to be faithful and to persevere. So let me just pray and then I'll pass over to Dana. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you have a purpose and a plan for each and every one of us. God, that you've given us different gifts so that we can bless the people around us in a very unique way. God, that you love each and every one of us. And so God, I pray that you would help us to seek you that you would help us replace the lies we believe about ourselves and replace them with your truth. So God, that the life that we live will be glorifying you so that we can use our gifts and actually rejoice because we are doing what we were made for and that is amazing. It might be hard, but it's amazing. So help us, Jesus, not to give up, but to persevere because you are good and you're incredible and we love you.